Brother Michael T. Nelson was sustained as second counselor in the Young Men General Presidency on April 1st, 2023. His previous church service includes president of the California San Bernardino Mission, stake president, counselor in a stake presidency, stake executive secretary, bishop, ward and stake young men's president, and missionary in the Chile Santiago Mission. Brother Nelson is a partner and chief financial officer in a commercial and residential real estate investment company. He studied organizational communications at Brigham Young University and the University of Utah. Brother Michael, Michael Terry Nelson was born June 10th, 1956 in Salt Lake City, Utah, where he also grew up. He and his wife, Barbara, who was quite the pickleball player herself, are the parents of nine children. What a great blessing already it's been for Sister Nelson and I to be here. President and Sister Meredith have been so kind and their staff and all of those who have greeted us here. I've had the confirmation already that as I had have spent weeks searching to find a message that our Heavenly Father would have for you, I've tried to identify you and feel that I have met you. At a sister university to yours here, I used to sit right about there in every single devotional, up high watching, wanting to learn and to absorb and to find something that would help me after a mission to know where I would find happiness, where I would find all of the things that were important. To be here on date night eve is a great honor. <laughs> and I hope that uh, I may need to bring Barbara to stand next to me that, uh, to let you know that nothing I say will distract from the importance of your date night tomorrow night and successive dates that uh, help you experience and learn more about yourself as well as the great blessing of Heavenly Father's plan. I'm grateful for the prayer to be reminded to be happy and to smile. For three years, 580 missionaries, almost to a sister or an elder, would often say, President, can you smile? I'm a very happy person. This is a smile. And uh, they tried for three years. And I'm grateful for the prayer of reminder. Grateful to the choir. We often mention that at the beginning of a talk. I am very grateful for the scripture of, from Ether that was shared and for the choir and the words there. At one time, as I was driving after a long day of ward conferences and other meetings, I'd been listening to myself speak all day long. You'll understand in uh, probably 18 minutes why I was tired of hearing myself speak all day long. I asked myself the question as I pulled into the garage, what is the one last final thing that can be said that would make nothing more needed to be said? How can we just learn something that would carry us forward 
into the doing and less of the speaking. To my mind came the thought, pure truth accompanied by uplifting and inspired music. Since that day years ago, I have spent time trying to see the connection of how Heavenly Father teaches us through word and through music, through song. So much of General Conference is music. The cost, the effort, all that is associated with conference. One might think that it is through the words that we go and are fed by, and then we go and do. But we also see all of the effort that is attaching those words to uplifting, inspired music. Several months ago, my grandson asked his mom, Why are we here on earth? If God knows everything, then He knows what choices I will make. Why can't He just send me now to where He knows I will choose to go? My daughter told him about an institute class she had attended years before. The teacher asked the students, Why was Abraham commanded to sacrifice Isaac if God already knew Abraham would obey? After some discussion, the class decided it was because Abraham needed to know that Abraham would obey. My grandson thought about that for a moment and then said, So I guess I need to have the experience of choosing for myself. Our Heavenly Father knows the choices we will make and who we will become, but He doesn't predetermine or dictate them for us. Making choices and having experiences shape us into who God knows we will become. He won't do that for us. In the premortal realm, where we were taught truths by our Heavenly Father, and He made it possible, following those teachings, for us to rediscover those truths in this life. President Boyd K. Packer taught, A teacher of gospel truths is not planting something foreign or even new into an adult or a child. Rather, the missionary or teacher is making contact with the Spirit of Christ already there. The gospel will have a familiar ring to them. President Russell M. Nelson shared, In teaching people of many lands, I have learned that they will respond to the word of their Father regardless of their nationality, race, or language. The fact is, children know the voice of their Father, and they recognize His truth. That connecting communication comes of the Spirit. Is there any wonder that the Book of Mormon is such a powerful tool of conversion? It is full of truths spoken in the familiar voices of our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, which awaken premortal memories inside each of us. That record had to be translated, or better said, dictated by the power of God in a way that we would recall those lessons and those teachings. President Spencer W. Kimball taught that if men are really humble, 
they will realize that they discover but do not create truth. As we discover truths in this life, we have the chance to choose what we will do with them. In our pre-mortal existence, we chose to act on the eternal truths we had been taught by Heavenly Father and trust in His perfect plan for us by choosing to leave His presence and come to earth. Our state here is a state of probation. We might interpret that phrase, a state of probation, as evidence that we were sent here having done something wrong and that this life is a time of supervised parole. But God isn't some divine parole officer who sees us as erring convicts and who expects us to earn our way back into His presence through good behavior. We are not on that kind of probation. This life is a time of probation, a realm where we can try, we can prove, and we can learn by our own experience. Might we mention date night? Many of you are about to complete your schooling and head out into the workforce. You will go through a hiring process with the companies you want to work for. Our pre-mortal life was a bit like being hired. Those of us who kept our first estate chose to come to earth and accept the gift of a physical body. In a sense, we got the job. After being hired, you most likely will have a period of probation. This time allows an employer to see if you are a good fit for their company. As, and possibly more importantly, this time allows you to see if the company is a good fit for you, to see if the requirements, the culture, the routine, and the values are what you want to align your life with. As a state of probation, this life can be viewed as a laboratory, a chance to learn by our own experience, a time to feel, taste, see, hear, and choose the type of life we want for eternity. Elder David A. Bednar has taught, Our physical bodies make possible a breadth, depth, and intensity of experience that simply could not be obtained in our premortal estate. Before this life, we may have learned that the elements in a molecule of water were H2O, but we had no idea what it felt like to catch our breath after plunging into a cold lake or feel the relaxation of sinking into a hot tub. We may have been taught what sodium chloride was, but had never experienced how it could transform a stale tortilla into a mouth-watering snack of chips and salsa. We saw that our father had a body of flesh and bones. He taught us about the bodies we would be given. He may have taught us how to care for them by sharing things like the importance of protecting them from the elements. Despite having this knowledge, we had never experienced consequences like the painful radiating heat and tight skin caused by a sunburn until we had received our bodies. This is a time to prove, examine, try, and test in a physical world those things that we were taught in our pre-mortal life as spirits. 
Months ago, I was watching our grandchildren while their parents and my wife were preparing dinner. I turned on a how-to ski video. There in the middle of the living room, a line of grandchildren and I practice leaning, making pizzas with our imaginary skis, and planting our imaginary poles. Then when our grandchildren left the warm comfort of our living room and headed out onto the slopes, it was time for them to apply what we had practiced. They felt the cold burning their, biting their noses and the wind rushing in their faces as they raced down a glistening hill of snow. They experienced planting their poles in the stiff, crunchy snow. Now, this may be taking some of you out of this center. Skiing has a way to do that with all of us. They felt, after having been on the snow, the snow resisting their skis as they pizzaed their way down the mountain. They now know the exhilaration of gliding effortlessly across the slopes and what it feels like to fall and have their momentum suddenly checked. They had to put their determination and resilience to the test by facing the choice to get up again and again as they tried to master this new skill. At the end of the day on the cold, snowy slopes, they felt the contrast of returning to their warm homes. Now they had experience and could decide if they enjoyed following the laws associated with skiing down a snow-covered mountain. President Dallin H. Oak shared that the Father's plan gives us the teachings and the opportunity to make the choices that will assure us the destiny and the life we choose. All of God's children will inherit a kingdom of glory whose laws they can comfortably abide. Our choices can be a way for us to test the state of our hearts. Elder David A. Bednar shared an effective test helps us to compare what we need to know with what we actually know about a specific subject. It also provides a standard against which we can evaluate our learning and our development. Our choices reflect our desires. Righteous desires make it easier to make righteous choices. You might ask yourself, are my choices filling my life with the lasting joy that comes from Heavenly Father instead of simply the momentary happiness of mortality? If you make Heavenly Father our Savior and eternal truths the focus of your life, you can learn the why behind righteous behavior. These truths can guide your choices to help you in the process of becoming rather than merely doing. For the strength of youth, a guide for making choices teaches that with these truths as your guide, you can make inspired choices that will bless you now and throughout eternity. Our focus on earth, our focus on truth here on earth influences what we gain through our experiences. When truth becomes our motivation, our experiences can become celestial. The word of wisdom, for example, can simply be a way to stay free from addictions and maintain good health. With an understanding of truth, 
it can also be the key to accessing promised blessings of wisdom and treasures of knowledge. Another example is the law of chastity. It can simply be another rule on a list of do-nots, or it can be the key to experiencing the beautiful gift from our Heavenly Father of intimacy in marriage. Our choices and our desires influence each other. Receiving our precious physical bodies was a vital part of Heavenly Father's plan for us. Having a body with appetites, desires, and passions is a wonderful gift. As President Nelson has said, God implanted strong appetites within us. These appetites can be used to strengthen our bodies, our relationships, and our spirits. Our choices shape our appetites. All of us have come to earth with an appetite for the truth we learned in the pre-mortal life. Everything we choose to feed our minds through our eyes, our ears, and mouths can increase our appetites for these familiar truths, or it can weaken them. Our appetites in turn influence our choices. The things we consume the most help determine what we want, which impacts the choices we will make. I like a quote of Elder Neil A. Maxwell when he taught, In that cumulative process, today's small inflection for good adds to what becomes tomorrow's mountain of character. All of us have experienced our taste buds adapting to things we eat after enjoying a donut dripping with liquid sugar and dotted with sprinkles. It is difficult to detect the subtle, nutty flavors in a slice of golden, crusty, homemade bread. A constant diet of music that feeds the desires of the natural man can make up lifting music that invites the spirit more difficult to appreciate. The music you choose to listen to, day in and day out, may have more power to cultivate your desires and shape your choices than anything else you are doing throughout the day. President Nelson reminds us that we can change our behavior. Our very desires can change. How? There is only one way. True change, permanent change, can come only through the healing, cleansing, and enabling power of the Atonement of Jesus Christ. Living Christ's gospel brings real conversion, a transformation that changes who we are and how we want to live. This process of conversion strengthens our appetite for all good things. Last October in conference, President Nelson reminded us that our obsession becomes our God. Often we think of all the obsessions that could replace God, but are there things we should obsess over? How can you know what these things are? I believe you find these answers to these questions by studying the example of our perfect Savior. His life and His teachings are what help us find the answer to that question. He is the light, the Spirit of Truth, who came into the world. Here you are on earth at this time. 
being bombarded by news of all the unfair, painful, and selfish events in this world, it could be very easy for you to become discouraged and even to despair as all this darkness is swirling around you until you notice how brightly light can shine against a dark background. In art and film, there is a technique of dramatic lighting. It's called chiaroscuro, which uses extreme contrasts in light and darkness. This extreme contrast creates a lot of depth and clarity. As the world darkens, as the world around you darkens, through disobedience, it brings extreme contrast. This contrast creates a unique opportunity for the light of truth to shine with increasing intensity. When our understanding is enlightened by the gospel, discerning between light and darkness becomes easier. You don't have to choose darkness to know what lives built upon darkness look like. You can simply look into the world around you. Choosing to examine try and live truth while in a world full of opposition will set those eternal truths deeper into your soul. In a sense, living in these latter days in a darkening world, the time that you were chosen to come to this earth might just be the greatest time to discover and to understand the opportunities of being enlightened. President Nelson said, Your Heavenly Father has known you for a very long time. You, as His son or daughter, were chosen by Him to come to earth at this precise time, to be a leader in His great work on earth. You were chosen not for your bodily characteristics, but for your spiritual attributes, such as bravery, courage, integrity of heart a thirst for truth, a hunger for wisdom, and a desire to serve others. We might just add parenthetically that President Hinckley used to always refer to us as members of the Church as leaders, all of us, explaining that leaders are teachers, in a way, every one of us, as, member of the church, as members of the Church, are in the process of teaching, sometimes with words and sometimes simply by our own behavior. Good gardeners deter weeds by covering every square inch of ground with beneficial plants, crowding the weeds out. The focus is on growing the good more than on rooting out the bad. Rather than getting caught up in all the darkness in the world, you can choose to devote your energy to cultivating truth and light against an extreme backdrop of contrast. Spending our time here in mortality merely avoiding weakness isn't enough for us to live up to our full potential. Elder Neil A. Maxwell shared, Wickedness never was happiness, but neither is lukewarmness full happiness. Our active avoidance of wickedness must be followed by our active engagement in righteousness. Then we can come to know true joy. 
In this realm of time, every moment counts in building discipleship, which is simply the process of building the discipline to live as the Savior did. There are so many ways to simply spend our precious time. How we use this resource says everything about what is important to us and what we want. Every moment is a chance to prove to ourselves how real and important the truths we learned in the premortal realm are. A life of real joy is built by investing time in the things that are celestially significant. When we invest our time into seeking and applying truths, we taste through our own experience the fruits of living them. Then these truths feel like ours. We know for ourselves that they are delicious and we passionately live, defend, and share them. Just by consistently seeking and living truth, you can serve those around you. Others will see who you are becoming through your choices. Your nephews, your nieces, your brothers, your sisters, your friends are all inspired by the truth you study and learn to live. The glorious opportunity to study here at BYU-Idaho, to literally have a focus and a, a group date night that includes everyone on campus, is such a blessing of experiencing what our Heavenly Father had intended for us to feel and to find and to become converted to while here upon this earth. Those who desire to live the truths that you are living will be drawn to you. As the world follows the popular trends of selfishness and despair, you will naturally and genuinely offer hope just by living truth, truth about who you are, about our loving Heavenly Father's plan, and about the hope and healing you find through our Savior Jesus Christ. You certainly have already chosen to live these truths in the premortal realm. The evidence that you were valiant there is that you are here. All who are born on the earth have already chosen to act on eternal truths, to exercise faith in Heavenly Father's plan, and to trust in His only begotten Son. Knowing that you have done it once can and ought to bolster your hope and confidence that you can choose these truths and live them again here upon this earth. One of our purposes in coming to mortality is to come to know God, to know that He is the one and only true God, that He sent His Son to show us who He is and the way He lives. The Savior said He has done nothing but what He has seen His Father do. By choosing to be disciples of Jesus Christ, you are developing the appetite that allow, appetites that allow you to truly know your Father in Heaven. Through this process, you are eventually able to consistently live the same laws of celestial glory that He does. Gradually, you can naturally and intuitively see as He sees and want what He wants. May you find joy in your daily choices and in how you use your allotted allotment of time in this wonderful probationary state. I hope and know that you will find real joy 
as you are rediscovering and experiencing eternal truths for yourself. I bear witness, friends, that Jesus Christ did come to this earth and did atone so that we could have the experience of trying and proving and testing those things we learned in the premortal life. As a companion, the Holy Ghost will bear witness of those truths and bring them back to your remembrance. It is not new. It will be a familiar ring as they come to your mind and are reminded again that you embrace them. President and Sister Meredith love you. We feel that same love. We know that that love comes from Heavenly Father who loves and has provided everything for you to experience the glorious life here on this earth. I bear witness of, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.